back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative, and I'm your host, Brett McGrath. Hopefully, as you are listening to this conversation about collecting sports cards, you are getting to the end of your highly productive week and getting ready to slip into hobby mode. Turn it on. It's time to collect some cards. Let's do it. I got my man, regular guest, Drake Magruder at Drake's PC on the program today. And you know I had to talk about that rock one of one black finite sale from Prism. Got to talk to him. I want to make sure we take a little bit of a different angle on this conversation, digging into what do these tentpole sales really mean for collectors. This can be applied to wrestling cards or hopefully outside of wrestling cards too, just to give you some perspective on what we think. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. You know that already. Hit those buttons. But most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Let's freaking go. All right, everybody. What is up? I have my good friend Drake, Drake's PC, back on the program, reoccurring guest. Um, Felt like I had this moment last week after... Uh, this the rock sale went down, which I I was following it on uh, PWCC, and I finally went to bed and got busy in the morning. And I think I I had not looked at what it sold for, and I think maybe you broke it to me. I'm like what what did it actually sell for? And you broke it to me, and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna this is gonna cause uh, quite a bit of uh, buzz going on. Um, so we're going to just talk about the sale, talk about like what these types of sales mean uh, for cards in general, whether it's wrestling cards or, or not, just kind of try to put our spin on the situation. But without further ado, Drake, welcome back, man. How are you? Hey, Brett. I'm great. Thanks for having me back on. I think this might be the five time, five time, as Booker T would say, right? <laughs> five times on the show. So I'm excited to be back on and I'm excited to talk this uh the sale, which was a monumental sale of wrestling cards, but really just kind of talk the hobby in general. So thanks for having me back. Absolutely. And I think maybe a, a, a disclaimer uh, for everyone who's listening to this, I will put up my hand and say, I have some rock cards. Uh, Drake has many a rock cards. So this is a conversation with some rock collectors and felt just feel like just in full transparency, this is something that we should probably do. Um, so Maybe we start here when the sale went down and also maybe like I have blacked out now that I'm recording this. I don't have the notes. Maybe you can talk about the sale price for anyone who's no pun intended been living under a rock. But what like when you saw the final price, like what was going on in your head when that when that sale went down? Yeah. So just kind of back up before the final price. I you know, it was that Thursday night and I'm watching it. And as soon as the PWCC hit premiere, and I guess you can go in and kind of understand how the auctions work beforehand, but I really didn't do that because there wasn't anything that I was actively bidding on. But I started, I immediately noticed that it was going to be the type of auction where if any item received a bid, then the timer was going to reset Yes, just on the <laughs> item that it was set. And so I'm sitting there and it's like, you're watching this to see what the sale price was. And I think pre-extended, it was somewhere in like the 15 to 17 range, may have been a little bit more. And this was all like pre-buyer's premium and all that. So so then I just see that timer just keep getting reset over and over and over again. And not that the rock card was getting bids. And I'm like, okay, well, this thing's going to end at some point and it's going to end somewhere in 25 to 30 range, you know, and this is going to be what we expected or maybe a little lower for some, maybe higher for some, whatever. 
Well, then all of a sudden, it, some bids start hitting and it gets a little higher and then it stops. And so the next thing I know, it's like midnight central time and I'm watching this and I lean over my wife and I'm, you know, like, I think she cares, but, <laughs> but I'm like, Hey, this rock card just hit the high for wrestling cards. It like went over the Hogan 82 all-star BGS 9.5, which sold for like $54,000. Like, this is crazy. Like I never would have thought this It went over 50. So then it keeps going and going and going. And I'm like, it's Thursday night. I got to work tomorrow. You know, let's uh, it's like, it's time for bed. <laughs> so, so I, I set my phone down. I went to sleep. I got up like at four 30 in the morning. And I think even before I went to use the restroom, cause I'm like, I just turned 40. Sometimes you get up <laughs> in the middle of the night, you got to go. That's just what happens when you turn 40. And, uh, and so I, I went and I picked up my phone and I, pulled up PWCC and it said like, you know, this item sold for $126,000. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I was just blown away. And so, you know, then immediately you're just like, you know, let's go see what's happening on Twitter and what are people saying? And I was just scrolling through and I was just, you know, wide awake at, at like four thirty, five 5 o'clock in the morning on a Friday morning, just blown away by that. And, you know, so then you think you, you're going to get back in bed and just go back to sleep. And I'm just laying there and all these thoughts are running in my head. Like, this is unbelievable. Like a wrestling card selling for six figures is just insane. What, so, what, were, what, what were some of those thoughts that were going on in your head? Because I feel like these thoughts are probably very similar to many a uh, rock collector or a wrestling card collector. Like what was, what was the early phase one of your mentality after you see that, that price? Yeah, it was more just thinking of all my friends in wrestling cards like you. I was like, man, like, I wonder if Brett's seen this because I know that he's on the Eastern time zone. And, you know, sometimes he gets up really early and, you know, like, you know, with a young kid and all that, like, has he seen this? Is, is our friend Joey seen this? And, you know, so I'm sending out text messages. And I'm like, did you see this? And I'm just going out to all, all the different friends. And I'm I'm just thinking about that. And I'm also thinking about like, well, well, how is this going to be perceived by the community? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, are some people going to be like, oh, you know, I raised their hand, say that they called it, right? And you're going to be like, oh, you're kind of full of it because I don't think you could have called it based on what the market, you know, has, been, has done over the last year or so. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And just more just the initial reactions of like, well, what are people going to think about this? And what are the questions that are going to be asked? Like, is this so real? Was it shilled? Is it going to be paid for? You know, like, what's the whole dynamic of the auction there? And that, that was really the first thoughts that were going through my head at the time. I feel like what I saw early after I found out and was blown away. I had a moment with my wife too, when I, it was like at maybe 17 or 18. And I just like pulled open the phone before she went to bed. I was like, look at this rock card. And then I, I could never have imagined it. it would sell for what it did end up sell, selling for. But I feel like what I started to notice were two things online. I started to notice one people very happy celebrating. Oh my God, check this out. And then there was the other side of other members in the wrestling card community who were very skeptical. And it was already decision was made that this was shilled, that this was not going to get paid for. And so maybe like, it seems to me that there has been more of a division just within wrestling cards than there ever has been, or since I have been in it. Did you notice any of that? Like, pro yay let's go and then the other there was another side saying hey let's hold the phone on this at first did you notice that yeah 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 i mean it was still some of that on the on the initial piece of it like take it take taking myself back to friday morning and a lot of stuff runs together right with work and kids and all that kind of stuff but 
you know, you go back to Friday morning and I think there was a lot of that kind of one side or the other people were celebrating and were like, this is insane. I can't believe it. But then you kind of had the, the naysayers and like the doubters, like, is this really true and all that kind of stuff. But then as more information came to light and then, you know, you had raspy slabs, right. I think is that that's his yeah. name. You know, he posted on, you know, on his Instagram and said, Hey, you know, this is me and I'm the one who won it. It's paid for and all that kind of stuff. Like that gave instant validity, instant credibility to that, right? But then you still had the people that like, even after that happened and it was known that it was a true sale, you still had the people coming in saying, well, when he tries to sell that in six months, he's, you know, he's only going to get 50 to 75 for it. Or, you know, there's no way he should have paid that price for that car. And I think anytime you have a big sale, no matter if it's the Rock Black Prism or, you know, or any other, like name your favorite car that sells for big, you always get people that say like, you know, why would somebody spend that much money on that type of a card or on that card? Um, you know, and, 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 and some of that may be jealousy because it's not them. And some of that may just be because they don't understand the significance of the card, right? As it relates to the hobby at large. Totally agree. And I want to go back to the post from Raspy Slabs because this is my favorite part. And the last time I remember this happening was uh, Fifth Down Sports Cards, I believe, uh, who had the record-breaking Green Jerry Rice PMG sale. Uh, the next morning, there was a picture of T.O. Green, uh, Jerry Rice Green, and Steve Young Green all together. And he had a post and it was like, hey, everyone, it was me. And basically, this is the reason why. And I think these types of posts by collectors after these big uh, sales are massive, not only validation, but it gives you a little bit of context. And I'll read his post. It says, I have a lot of memories ripping 2022 WWE Prism last year, but winning the PWCC premier auction of the Rock One of One will be the sweetest. And I saw that and I was like, this is awesome. Like the, this, there's some genuine connection uh, that I'm feeling from this individual who spent this amount of money on this card. And I reposted the card like many people did. And I'm not going to share what he said to me in DMs because I I, he, I don't have the permission to do it. But like my mentality, I'll just share in context, is that this is he this was not a purchase to go out and sell it in three months like the hobby is so used to and the hobby speculated that was going to happen with this type of car. So I felt like that's great. That feels like the type of car that should be stashed away in a collection, in a vault for the next decade or so. Oh, that's so true. And, 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 you know, I had a conversation with somebody else about, about this car and I've had it in times past of, you know, people's long-term view in the hobby in some cases is like three months. Right. And it's like, Oh, if you're going to hold a card for three months, that's a long time. Right. And I think you and I operate in much the same way with, gosh, like probably 95 to probably close to 100% of cards we buy. Like we're not buying them to turn around and sell them in a month or sell them in three months or six months or even a year in many cases, right? And the only time you do that is if you're wanting to upgrade a grade or you're wanting to use it to, you know, in trade for a better card or something like that. And so I think it's hard for the hobby in general to just wrap their minds around like, hey, somebody may spend, you know, over a hundred grand on a card and want to hold it for a very long time, right? And, you know, and I don't know what his intentions are. Like, I know he's a collector, right? Obviously, if you're spending that amount of money on a card, it's an investment, right? Whether you're an investor, collector or not, that you consider that an investment. But, you know, from everything that I know just from the outset, not, not like you from talking to him, 
it appears to me that, you know, he's got a connection to that set. It's the first set of prism wrestling. So it's significant in the wrestling hobby, as we've seen its significance in other, you know, stick and ball type sports. Um, and so that's a card he plans to hold for a long time. And, you know, and, and that's what makes the hobby go around and that's what makes the cards valuable, right? If you see cards transacted all the time there, that's not what creates good, like long-term value because people see that and it's like, oh, well, that card is available. So I'll just wait till it comes around next month or, you know, in the next PWCC auction. And in my perception of this is that's, this is not going to happen. And, you know, he holds that card for, Let's say he holds it for 10 years, five years, 10 years, and decides that he wants to move it. Say the hobby's grown even more than it's grown in the past few years. There's going to be a lot of people that are after that card. And I think his his result in that, you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, but I think his result in that will be very positive for him. Yeah. And uh, I think just from my perspective, and we all, we have to remember, we all have different perspectives and we have different takes. But when you're thinking about Panini Prism License, um, and just thinking about the direction, more releases, what's going to happen. And I, 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 if I can fast forward 10 years from now and someone were to ask me the question, like, what is the most important card in Panini WWE? Like, chances are I'm probably going to say that card because of <laughs> it being Prism, it being first, it being one of one, it being the rock. So I think it seems insane to a lot of people that someone paid that much for a wrestling card, but my mind immediately went, and I you can't predict the future, but my mind immediately went to 10 years down the road. And it's like, what were people saying about like the Le- LeBron exquisite when that, like people were paying 500 a box for that. And, you know, like what were people saying? And then obviously we've seen what that card goes for, but I think the unique scenario of this card is that we're not, we're probably not going to see it up for sale for a very, very long time. So have you thought about that? Like if a card like that doesn't go up for sale again, which I'm glad it probably isn't. I don't want to see it up for like the, like what sort of impact and implications that might have on any cards that follow. Is it just kind of like a wait and see? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in that it's kind of a a wait and see, because if you think about it, the one of ones are, you know, there's just one, right? And so the grade doesn't matter and it's likely going to get stashed away. Maybe the first time it doesn't get sold to collector, but in this case, it's sold to collector. Um, but I think you have to remember, you know, and I, I spoke about this to somebody else. It's interesting because you take like Topps Chrome Golds to Panini Prism Golds. Topps Chrome Golds are out of 50. Panini Prism Golds are out of 10. Right now, Panini's hot. And that's what people see as like what's hot. And so you're seeing a lot more Panini Prism Golds available than you do Topps Chrome Golds. And so I think that's very, that's very telling for a card that has a lower, you know, manufactured supply than something that has a higher manufactured supply. And so my advice to everybody is don't feel like you're going to, you know, from a, from a FOMO thing. Sure. If there's a one of one, like I know that there's an Andre the Giant one of one right now, the Black Prism one of one. If you collect Andre or you think he's a great investment or what, whatever your reason behind wanting that card, my guess is you should probably go try to get that card right now because it's been sold once before. It's being sold once again in the next year. And my guess is whoever buys it is probably not going to sell it again in the next year. Because if you think about it from Andre the Giant, what's he going to do in the next year, five years, 10 years? It's really going to impact his value. Well, he's been dead for a long time. So, you know, besides just wrestling, hobby growing and more people having, you know, an affinity for Andre the Giant, um, you know, it's a little bit different situation with Rock. Like, yeah, he's not actively wrestling every Monday night and, you know, every WrestleMania and all that, but 
he's liable to show up at some point and that could have an impact on the value of his cards. And, you know, same thing with, uh, you know, they always talk about presidential run. Who knows if that's going to happen or what kind of value value impact that that could have. But I think that's just one thing to think about with cards. You're, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but you're now seeing a lot of cards come to market. And I think you just have to say, like, is this is this something I wanted before this sale happened last Thursday? And now I think like, you know, is the time I need to buy it or I'm not going to get another chance? Or is this something that's coming to market and like eh, price is a little bit high and, you know, someone's trying to capitalize off the sale off a high price. And, you know, I think let's just play the waiting game because I think more often than not playing the waiting game is, is something that uh, is, is a great recipe for success in terms of keeping more money in your pocket. And while you may not get the card you want today, um, it's certainly going to be around at some point in the future. I think one thing uh, that we should mention and is a story about this sale that isn't getting talked about is the decision by raspy slabs. It wasn't just like, I'm going to go spend six figures on this card. Like, he wasn't the only one <laughs> like right. there that we don't know these people. Maybe some people do. I certainly don't. But there there were other people that were pushing that price. And I don't think like enough has been said about that. It's not like he just smashed Ben, but there was a legitimate competition for this card, which I think that's why I love freaking auction so much is like it's the it to me, it's like the truth that tells you. So ha- have you thought about that at all? Like there being other bidders in this equation, because the more I think about it, the more it excites me that more than one person were, were, were going nuts for this card. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And from my understanding, and again, this is secondhand knowledge, I believe that Adam Gelman said um, that there were four bidders up to the 100,000 mark. And then once it hit the 100,000 mark, then those two of those four dropped off. And then there were two going at it up to 126. So just knowing that there's at least four bidders. And sometimes you see people that come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, shoot, I forgot about the auction. And I you know, was doing something else or you know, whatever the case may be. But just knowing that there were four people that were willing to pay $100,000 for the card is awesome. And I was just actually talking to somebody about this this afternoon and that you know, in, in the auction format, if you have somebody that says, hey, you know, my max for this card is 100000 and but the second person, their max for the card is only 50000 well, guess what? It's only a $50,000 card. And I think the thing to wrap your mind around is like, okay, well, that person's, their max was 100000 and it only sells for fifty. dollars but they, it's, hard to, it's hard to think about like mm-hmm. how much more room a card could have to run if there's more people involved in that space in the chase for the card. And I think, and not just speaking to wrestling or anything like that, but I think the more people that come into the hobby and become collectors of, you know, name your favorite football player, basketball, baseball, wrestler, UFC, F1, whatever, the more collectors that we bring into the hobby and get into the space and, you know, start start spending real money on cards, you're going to see potentially higher realized prices because you have more competition for that card. Whereas right now, you know, you only have four people willing to pay six figures for a rock card. Well, if the hobby grows like we think it's going to and more people come into the space, maybe next time, you know, assuming that card comes to auction, let's just say in 10 years, right? Maybe you have 10 people that are willing to pay $100,000 for that card. And if you have 10 people that are willing to pay that, then that can only just drive the auction price higher because, you know, it's only your card's only worth what the second bidder is willing to pay. And so I think that's something important to think about. Definitely. Um, I want to make sure I, you, a lot of your responses has been hobby specific and 
or hobby general, not necessarily wrestling card specific, which I think is is good because I'm I'm not sure like I have not uh sent a survey out to the listeners of stacking slabs, but I would imagine like a percentage of the uh listeners actually collect wrestling cards. Shout out to all you wrestling card uh degenerates out there listening to this show. But I wanna uh maybe like he- did this sale like remind you of I know the last three years have been just up, down, roller coaster crazy, but is there an example or any other sale that this rock card you might associate with? Is there any, anything else outside of wrestling cards that you can point to? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the first one that com- comes to mind is like when the 86 Fleer Jordan PSA 10 sold for like three quarters of a million dollars. Right. And there was all this hype around it before, you know, from, from Gary V and others that were saying, Oh, this is a million dollar card. And, you know, it sold for three quarters of a million, which was like double the last sale. And, you know, there's all this talk about it and, you know, people on the outside of like, well, man, you know, if this is this, then, you know, the next time it sells, it might be a million dollars and all that. And then we kind of saw what happened after that, right? It didn't go up, it went back down. And the reason was because, you know, and, and I think as the hobby has evolved and, and even me as a collector has evolved, you know, used to, I think that if something was unnumbered and it had a population of like 300, such, you know, as around what the Jordan 86 square PSC 10 has, I was like, man, that's like a really low number. But at the end of the day, it's really not that low of a number. And there's very few people, we, we know that the hobby's big and there's all these Instagram accounts that post all these major sales and they have these bangers of cards and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there's the population that's going to spend that amount of money on a card is very, very small. It appears to be bigger than it is, but it's very, very small. And so we kind of, you know, I remember the hype and hysteria and all the headlines and all that kind of stuff around that. And it's kind of the same, same thing, you know, I think with the rock card, it was picked up by a third party, like a TMZ, right? And when is TMZ ever posted about a wrestling card, you know, and I, I thought it'd be cool if rock posted about it, that'd be pretty cool. You know, but that's that's the first time I've seen just hysteria. And then you see a lot of content creators that really aren't into wrestling talking about it. And you're still seeing people talking about it today. And, you know, we're almost a, a, we're basically a week out from the sale. And, you know, it's um, it's just it's just exciting to see. But that that's the one card that comes to mind when you ask about that mm. as far as like a sale that hit and you're just like, wow. You know, but I think the Jordan sale was wow, but it was in a I don't want to say a bad way, but it was like a some people are about to get burned kind of way. And I I don't think we see that with this sale. And I think we'll probably talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Do you think that the sale speaks to prism prism blacks, the power there, the rock wrestling cards? Like, is there anything specifically that in kind of in those three categories or is it all everything combined? Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of everything, right? So prism has the, the heritage and the name. And that's just kind of that card, that, that level of card that kind of, you know, if you're a fan of shiny cards and especially first prisms, right? Like that's the card to go after. And a lot of people were talking about like, uh, you know, the 22 prism is cool, but it's a PSA seven. And, you know, I'm really not a huge fan of the image because of the era of the rock. I would much rather have the 2023, you know, that whole sort of thing. You kind of take it back to like, 2012 prism right in my opinion and i think you share the same thing 2012 prism is not our favorite year of prism but it's the first and so it typically sells the most right 
in, in my mind, and I'm going to assume your mind, 2014 Prism is the best, right? <laughs> it's just so gold and all that. But there's there's no world where a 2014 Prism in the same grade outsells a 2012. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of go into this 2022 Prism Black, and you know that's it's just that that's the card because it's from the first set and it's of the biggest superstar there, and it's of a, someone who transcends wrestling, right? Like John Cena transcends wrestling. Hulk Hogan transcends wrestling. There's other folks that transcends wrestling that are in the set, but Rock's just on a different level. You know, he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He's got, you know, his tequila brand. He's just everywhere. Everything Rock has touched has turned to gold and Rock never touched this card to my knowledge, but it definitely turned to gold. And I think, I think that just speaks to, you know, that, that just, that's what it is, but that doesn't automatically mean that all rock cards are now all six figures. That's not mm-hmm. what, it, that's what it means. Like even one of one rock cards, right. You know, like I know the 2020 Chrome Superfractor is up on eBay right now for $125,000 and, you know, it's not going to sell for that. And I know the seller's not trying to sell for that. And we know Charles well, and um, you know, he's not trying to sell for that. I'm not, not, not talking anything against him, but one of the things I was thinking about too is, is I think auctions bring out the best and the worst in people in some, because some people like that competition. And, you know, if, if this card, if this black rock 2020 prism had been listed on eBay, buy it now for 75 grand or best offer, I bet it's still sitting there today. You're probably right. Yeah. That's exactly. crazy. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where I think all the right ingredients came together at just the right time. And, you know, you have the prism black, you have the rock, you've got that, you know, it doesn't mean that all wrestling cards are all automatically worth double and triple and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it was a perfect mix. And that's what happened. I love how you call that out because I think that's such an important nugget. Um, Just because this card sold doesn't mean all of our collections immediately went up 10 X. The one thing I want to dig into a little bit more because I've been thinking a lot about this is we talked via the Gelman math with four uh, people going after this card and then raspy slabs ending up getting it. Okay. We think about this decision that this one individual made because of this connection to buy this card. Now to me, the more I've reflected on it, it's like when I try to think about what this sale means for collectors, it's really hard for me to like connect like what I have done in the three, four years of collecting wrestling cards with the decision of one individual who in that moment, because they had that connection and they had the uh, financial backing to buy this card to me, like it's, I know it's like the same hemisphere, but almost like it's good. Like cheer. I'm on the sidelines cheering, but it's like, I don't take it as like this dramatically changed changes what I have done. And I think that's just like a challenge we have in the hobby is like, just because a decision one individual makes doesn't necessarily trickle down and mean like all of this for everyone. I think you touched on that a little bit of uh, with what you just said, but like, do you have any more like digging into that a little further? Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah. Well, you know, as as someone who holds a 22 prism gold rock PSA 10, right. You know, when I woke up that next morning, I had gotten several direct messages from people who said, well, man, congratulations, your card just doubled, right? And I'm like, did it, right? Like, did, did it double, you know, because there's three PSA 10s right now. I'm not really sure that's the case. Like, I'm not a seller. 
Now we're going to find out in May because the uh, one of the other holders, uh, the uh, number one out of 10, PSA 10, he did confirm he is sending that to the golden auction in May. So anybody listening to this, if you're looking for a rock gold PSA 10, you know, refer to the golden auction in May. And so I think moment moment of truth for you. That's yeah, exactly. the real moment of yeah, truth. Exactly. Card, same card, same grade. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> so we will see. But at the end of the day, right, there's there's 10 copies, there's three PSA 10. So it's not really an apples to apples comparison, right? Because there's other copies that are available. Now, the scarcity factor comes in because I'm not selling mine. Um, you know, the other owner of the PSA 10 that's not selling his, he's not selling his anytime soon unless he just gets just a crazy, crazy offer for it, right? So, so you've got that aspect of it. So I think it doesn't really connect across all aspects of the hobby. And you've seen this and a lot of content creators have talked about this before in that um, you have some monumental sales, but the meat and potatoes of the hobby is all in that, that range, like under Mm $2,000. And when you go to shows and that whole sort of thing and all that, like those are the cards that are selling. I don't think this sale has any kind of an impact on you know, adjacent cards like that, because it doesn't impact the person who's going to buy, you know, a Cody Rhodes autograph, a base prism or whatever, like that doesn't have an impact on that sale. It really doesn't impact a lot of other rock cards, right? Because the black prism from 2022 is just on a different level, just as it is in the other sports. And, you know, and I think that's, that's the piece that's hard to understand because there's been some cards that I was after before the the sale happened. And after the sale happened, I'm getting messages from these sellers and they're like, well, the price just went up. And I'm like, why? You know, and in their mind, all wrestling cards got more expensive and all rock cards got more expensive and all Hulk Hogan cards got more expensive because of this one sale. And it's not true. And the guy who has the rock 2022 select black ringside he had been trying to sell it, I believe, for like 30 grand, somewhere in that range. Well, now he automatically thinks that that card's a 40 to 50 grand card. Well, why? Right? It, it, it's, it's not an apples to apples comparison. There's no direct correlation. All, all these cards and parallels and sets, they all operate independently of each other. And, you know, if you think it's a, it, you know, if you think last week it was a $30,000 card and now you think it's a $50,000 card and you're truly motivated to sell, well, then send it to auction and see what happens. You, uh, you, you, you might not be happy with the result. Let it ride. I want to dig into your card now because you brought it up, but the PSA 10 gold rock from the same set out of 10. Um, you just mentioned like, which I can see if I owned that card, I could see there being uh, some sort of parallel, obviously, with the same card, but more copies. Like that to me could be a okay, maybe I can start draw draw some it might be a little murky, but draw some conclusions on what the what I believe the perceived value is on it now based on this sale. Um, it might not line up, but it might line up. Um, history always kind of runs its course and you can go use card ladder or some another tool to try to dig through. And there is some trends over time with prism cards. The question I have for you is you said, I I am not interested. I'm not selling this card. I'd love, it just seems like the, the most popular thing to do in this scenario or what you hear so much about it is like people trying to take advantage and like get rid of stuff when these big sales happen, but you're very adamant. You're like, I'm keeping this card. Maybe share a little perspective. Like, why are you keeping this card? Well, um, that's probably the collector that's coming out in me. 
And I just want to hold the card. You know, when I bought the card, you know, I, or when I did it in the trade and, you know, cash deal and all that kind of stuff, you know, that wasn't a card that I got to sell as soon as I got it. Right. And I think we've talked before when I, last year, we probably had a conversation around this time and I bought the Roman Reigns 2014 Topstrom Super Fractor Auto PSA 10. And I bought that for 15 grand. And about a month later, I was offered 50 grand for it. Right. Should I have sold it? Maybe. You know, I don't know, but that's not why I bought the card. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure my wife's going to listen to this and just kill me. She's going to be like, Are you, you're insane. You know, we don't have the money tree out back. You're not, you know, just independently wealthy and all this kind of stuff. But it's one of those things where when I got this, like, I literally enjoy looking at the cards. Like when I come into my office every day and I know it's off screen or whatever, I love looking at my rock pop scrum gold. I love looking at my Hulk Hogan precious metal gem, you know, BGS 9.5. I like, like looking at some of my other cards that I have, you know, my Peyton Manning gold prisms and all that. And like, yeah, the value is there and it's, it's neat and it would be fun, but it's the ownership aspect of it. And knowing that if I let that card go, like, yes, I'm going to get a nice sum of money and like, that's cool and all that. And, you know, if there was something that I needed the money for, like, absolutely, I should sell it. And that same goes for everybody. Mm -hmm. If, If you need money, I was talking to a guy today and he was telling me he collects Drew Brees. But, you know, in 2015, he had to sell almost his entire Drew Brees collection to pay for a down payment on a house, Mm. right? You got to have a house to live in, you know, you can't live under plastic and cardboard, right? And so, you know, in situations like that, that happens, you know, unfortunately, I have a great job. I've done a nice job of savings, things like that, where I don't have to sell. But it's just one of those things where if I sold that card, it's going to be hard to get another one. Right. And if I had to go get another one, is it going to be the same, you know, price that I got that? I'm probably have to pay pay a bunch of cash to get it. Fortunately, I got mine in trade, you know. And so it's just those things that go through my mind with with that card or whether it's a Peyton Manning card or any other wrestling card or Drew Brees card. It's if I have this card, no matter what the value is, if I if I let go of it, especially on a card like a one of one or an out of 10 or you know, that's a high-graded copy or something like that, how hard would it be to acquire that card again? And if the answer is it's really stinking hard, then I'm going to have to think long and hard about, is this a card that I should look at? I think to add on top of that is if you can speculate or know, or Raspy comes out and says like, you know, there's no plans to get rid of this. Like knowing that that the black is stashed away for a long time. It's like, why? It, if you don't need to, and you love the card, like why would, why would you, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and it's a process I go through all the time. I'm like, yeah, you know, I could sell this and I could get some cash in my bank account and all that. But, you know, if I don't need the cash right now, you know, I'm like, you know, my kids are not in a point where they're going off to college. We're not looking to put a pool in our backyard or, you know, do a big home renovation or something like that. There's no reason for me to get rid of the card right now. So, you know, it's fun. It's fun enough for me to walk in every day and, you know, you're getting pumped up and you're ready for the work day and walk in and, you know, you walk in the office and you see the rock given the, you know, rock bottom and that gets you pumped up for the day. Yeah. And, and by the way, like the rock, rock bottom, rock bottoming, stone cold Steve Austin, like it's Does like it get any per- better. <laughs> it's the, per- it's the per- I mean, three red WrestleMania headlines like, oh, man. Yeah, it it doesn't get any better. Especially like that to me. And I'm getting I don't I don't own this card. Any, I don't own a gold. But like to me, like thinking about that, like card, it just has a lot of staying power or my my perception is that it has a lot of staying power. Um, But I want to maybe like kind of round the the corner and 
ask you this question because I think this is important because this happens inside of a lot of communities when sales happen, people go wild and things fall flat. Like if you had like, let's say we're at the national and let's say you get the opportunity and you're just like, it's like, you're the, we're going to say you're professor Drake and you're talking to the wrestling card uh, community about like this sale. Like what are like, obviously over the last week, some things we've seen, I'm sure you like some things you've seen, maybe you don't like, like, what sort of advice would you give the community just in terms of making sure that like, this isn't just one of those things that like goes up and then next thing you know, it like wrestling cards are the butt of the rest of the hobby communities jokes. Like what sort of things might you advise the rest of the community on regarding a sale like this? Cause maybe not as high as this one, but inevitably we're going to see another big sale in wrestling cards, probably some point soon. So like, what sort of things would you would you share? Yeah, it's probably the first thing that comes to mind. And this is something that I did myself that I, I would advise everyone to do is, you know, it's important. A lot of wrestling collectors just operate in the wrestling card space. And I think whether you decide to collect other sport cards or anything like that, I think it's important to look for parallels across other sports. And I know that's how you and I got into the whole like Topps Chrome Gold Refractors and all that, because we were like, well, there's Topps Chrome, you know, gold refractors in football of Peyton Manning. And we love those. And, you know, golly geez, there's top scrum gold refractors in wrestling. Let's, let's go after those. And so, you know, I think it's important to see what's coveted and liked in other aspects of the hobby other than just wrestling. Because I think a lot of times wrestling collectors get into that kind of that tunnel vision and they think like, wow, you know, these, these sticker autos are great and people are going to, you know, if I buy these sticker autos, people are going to love them and I'm going to be able to sell them one day and retire and, you know, that whole sort of stuff. And like, that's not always the case. You know, you've got to look at like what sells well in other sports. If you're looking at from an investment, you know, from a, and, and this is speaking kind of both collect, collect what you like. And I know that's said all the time and it's like, eh, that's good, but you can also waste a lot of money collecting what you like. But I think while you're collecting what you like, you're also investing real money into it, whether your goal is to sell it one day or pass it down to your children or whatever. But I think think it's important to look for parallels across the other sports, right? So like you may th- look at it and think like, wow, this, you know, this Hulk Hogan prism orange out of 99 looks a lot like a gold. So I should go spend a whole bunch of money on it because it's close and I can't afford a gold, but it, you know, it looks really close to it. And then you do that. And then, you know, a month later, six months later, the price drops. Well, remember that there's 99 copies of that card and that card is probably likely always going to be available. So wait until it gets to a point that you're comfortable with paying that for it, right? When there's, you know, we've seen situations like this where one-on-ones come up for sale right upon release and you feel like you've got to buy it right then. And unless it gets into the hands of a collector, you're going to have another opportunity. So like, don't let that instant release, like got to get it right now, FOMO, it's never going to happen again. Like just wait a little bit. And I know that you do probably a better job of this than I do, Brett, of just waiting till the dust settles and then going after the cards that you want. And, you know, your whole mantra of like turning left when the rest of the market is turning right. My guess is you picked up a couple of prisms here and there, but right now you're probably still looking back at like old prisms and old tops chrome sets and impeccable and immaculate or, you know, stuff like that. You're looking at other sets. You're not trying to chase after the prism stuff right now, especially after this monumental sale. So that, that would be my kind of two biggest pieces of advice is like, don't get FOMO and then look to other you know, sports and look for parallels there and help that 
kind of guide you in your buying decisions? There's always the new shiny object, but don't forget about the classics because they're always there and they're all not everyone's on them. So um, Drake, man, this was fun. Uh, hopefully this gave everyone some further context on that sale and what a couple wrestling card collectors think about it. We will do this again. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks again, Brett. Thanks everybody for listening. Always enjoy having Drake on the program talking wrestling cards, collecting, anything else in between. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did having it. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We have more stacking slabs on top of stacking slabs on top of stacking slabs coming at you again and again and again and again and again and again and again because we love to collect sports cards and create content for you the collector take care we'll be back next week